Meet Diane Byrne, founder, editor, and podcast host of Mega Yacht News. Diane studied arts and communication and landed a job at a big publishing company where she started her career in yachting. She worked as an editor for Power and Motor Yachts for nine years, where she created her own blog. The success and positive reception of her site gave her the opportunity to strike out on her own and launch her own company back in 2008. She oversees all aspects of the website's business, content creation, advertising, and more. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Yacht Fum. I'm here with Diane Byrne. She is the founder editor of Mega Yacht News, and she's also a podcast host of Mega Yacht News. Hi, Diane. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm good. We finally made it to Friday. Yes. Yes. <laughs> She writes me TGIF and I was like, yeah, I haven't been counting the days in so long. It is Friday. That is right. I know. <laughs> there are days where I wake up and I'm like, wait, today is Wednesday, right? Okay. <laughs> Actually, that happened to me last Saturday. I woke up and I'm like, do I have to wake up? Do I not have to wake up? Where's the phone? What day is it today? Right. So yeah, um, getting structure back on COVID is still like an ongoing process for me. Um, yeah. So before we continue with this chit chat, let's dive in. Let's get to know Diane. Diane, can you give us a little bit of background and tell us where, where are you from and what are you doing yachting? Sure. Well, let's see. I am a born and raised New Yorker. I'm currently living on the other side of the Hudson River in New Jersey. Um, my background is very much journalism oriented. I went to school for journalism, got a job in the magazine world right after school. And a couple years later, I started to work for one of the leading boating magazines called Power and Motor Yacht. And that was really my professional uh, introduction into the world of boating. And here we are years later, <laughs> running megayachtnews.com. I actually founded the website in uh, 2007 um, and have been loving every minute being in this industry. So before, uh, let's not jump through that story. Um, what was your initial into the yachting industry? So you're saying you, you found that job. How did you even find that position in the magazine if you weren't unfamiliar with yachting? Right. Well, actually, I grew up boating. My dad um, was a New York City kid and somehow was introduced to boating. I guess, I guess after he got married, he had some work friends or, or somebody who kind of introduced him to boating and fishing. Absolutely loved it. He'd go out on day charters. He'd go weekend uh, on weekend trips. And so when my sister and I were kids, he thought, you know what, let me bring the kids along, see if they like it. If they like it, great. If they don't, hey, no big deal. So I think I was about six, six or seven when we first went out and it was a, a day charter. And I still remember it was freezing cold. It was March. It was right after Easter. Hmm. It's freezing cold. It's really early in the morning and I'm having the time of my life on this boat. That's <laughs> so cool. Like here I am holding this, this fishing rod. That's, I, I swear it was bigger than I was. And I have this line in the water. My dad had showed us how to cast and everything. And God knows if I even did the right thing. There were mates on the boat who were helping us out and I caught a fish. And that was like the biggest mind blowing moment of my, you know, six years on the earth. <laughs> so that really, that always stuck with me. We always went fishing every year. And, and uh, when I was a teen, I kind of got out of it. Like a lot of teenagers, especially teenage girls, you know, you start thinking about celebrities and boys and, you know, get kind of <laughs> distracted. So I kind of got out of it for a while, but 
um, when I was working right after college, the publishing company I worked for owned a number of magazines and one of them was Power and Motor Yacht. So they had a job opening and I was looking at it and I thought, this sounds really fun. It sounds really interesting. And the thing that really made me feel confident that I could apply for it was the fact that they said, we want someone who knows writing and editing first and foremost. Mm -hmm. You know, we want the journalistic background first. And if you know boating, great, even better. If you don't, we'll teach it to you. And I thought, okay, I can do this. You know, I know the pointy end is the bow and I know the flat end is the stern. <laughs> Everything else you research. <laughs> Wow, so I really started it all. And from there, now you have your own, uh, your own company, but did you do something after them or did you stay with them the whole time and then you just decided to launch your own? Um, yeah, I actually stayed with them for 16 years, which is extraordinary in media for sure. In media, people bounce around all the time. After but, like two years. Yeah, exactly. You know, two years here, two years there, that kind of a thing. I found home. You know, I say that to people all the time and I know it sounds so corny, but it really was home. It was a phenomenal atmosphere. My boss, Richard Thiel, God rest his soul, he was such a great mentor and a cheerleader for all of us. And it was a, an atmosphere where you could walk into his office and just say, hey, I have this idea. It might be a little off the wall, but hear me out. And he would. And more often than not, he would say, yeah, you know what? I like it. Go for it. So there was a lot of freedom and a, a lot of creativity. And that, I think, was a really big reason why I stayed there. Well, that's great. <laughs> and then that's how you found yachting. So what happened afterwards? Why did you decide to launch your own company? And what does your company focus on? Because the boating world is pretty, uh, pretty big. Right. When it comes right. To that, so. so when I worked for Power and Motor Yacht, I was their mega yacht editor. And in the late 1990s, the early 2000s, the internet really was starting to you know, become bigger, especially in media. So I'm watching this, you know, at, at first this, you know, kind of like, who, what is it kind of thing? You know, what, what is the internet? How do we deal with this? I watched it growing and growing and becoming a bigger presence in media, especially. And I kept thinking, this is fascinating. I'm watching magazines and newspapers and, and TV stations not only put their regular content online, but doing new things and, and, you know, giving you nuggets that you wouldn't ordinarily find. So that fascinated me. And I started to do that with the magazine. We had a forum and we had blogs and there was about probably like this much information that I would get every month, especially on the sailing yacht side, power and motor yacht as the name suggests, it was strictly power oriented. So I couldn't talk about Perini Navi. I couldn't talk about alloy yachts when alloy was still around. I couldn't talk about any of that. So I kept thinking, well, I could start a blog. You know, I'm seeing these amateur photographers and people who just love boats creating blogs. And I thought, well, why don't I do that? So that gave me the outlet for some of the sailing yacht content and it started to grow. And I realized I could publish something on a daily basis and still have months worth of content you know, to go. So that's how Mega Yacht News actually started in 2007. And I started it on my own and I ended up showing it actually to my boss after probably about six months or so. And I said, hey, I just want to let you know that I'm doing this and it's not intended to be, you know, a threat to what I'm doing at the magazine. It's really just another way for me to put content out there that I can't 
in, in some ways because it's not the right fit, sailing out wise or even otherwise, some of the power boats weren't the right fit. So this lets me do it. And he read it. He's like, I love it. I think it's great. Keep doing it. So I thought, oh, shoot, <laughs> you know, I didn't get fired. Thank you. <laughs> but after doing that for about almost a year, I thought, yeah, it's, it's time to kind of branch out on my own, you know, let kind of focus on this more and do some freelance writing that I wanted to do. Because again, there was so much that was going on in the world of mega yachts that I couldn't do given the magazine structure. So that really was it. Well, I, I love that after six months, you told him and he was like all for it. That must have been quite scary. Yeah, I, I was nervous. <laughs> I was definitely nervous because you know, he could have gone either way. He could have seen it as a threat. Like, well, you know, no, you're not allowed to do this because you're privy to this information because you work for me, you know, huh. but he, he was very understanding and he's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's not poaching from the magazine and I wasn't doing it at the expense of my time at the magazine either. So, um, you know, thankfully he, he understood what I was trying to do. Well, it's been very successful many, many years. So that congratulations for that. Um, uh, we actually met at a press release in the Monica Yacht Show, I think last year, and it was great to see someone else from New York, uh, involved in the yachting industry. Um, I also saw on LinkedIn and you've been posting that you also have a podcast. So when did you start that podcast? Is, is it recent through the pandemic or was it something that you, you just felt you just needed to go into another, a new medium for your, uh, for your news? The first episodes actually were over a decade ago. I started it very early in terms of the yawning industry. Nobody was doing it at the time. And I had seen podcasting popping up and I thought, wow, this is really cool. This is a new creative way to get information out there. And I loved the long format that you could do with the podcast and how you could really hear, you know, literally you can hear people's voices in writing, depending upon the writer and depending upon the person who's being quoted, you can kind of hear a voice, you yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. it's totally different when you're really truly hearing the voice. And I thought this is a really cool way to kind of give people a new way to talk about what they're doing and express what's going on in their companies. So I started doing it over 10 years ago and I had some pretty good success at first, but then after a while it was, unfortunately it was like pulling teeth because I felt like I had to keep educating people what a podcast was. I kept hearing that over and over again. Well, what's a podcast? What you mean we, like, we, it's like radio interview? Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. Just it cut out for a second. Um, you worked for someone for 16 years, so you were, you know, used to someone else giving you structure and telling you pretty much what to do, what needed to be done. Now you're an entrepreneur. You uh, have other rep responsibilities really on you for the growth and for everything else. How has that shift been? Have you enjoyed it? How have you been able to adapt to such a change? You know, I I really enjoyed it and. I had, I have to give my, my former boss a lot of credit too, because as much as he gave me freedom to do certain things, he also promoted me to higher positions and, and actually having more responsibility of mentoring our fellow staff, you know, especially our junior staff members. So that really set me up, I think, in a lot of great ways to be my own boss. And, you know, let's be honest, it's not easy. You know, you make mistakes, you blow deadlines as, as your own boss, just as you do in, in working for somebody else, but you're accountable to yourself 
So for me, I'm, I'm tough on myself and maybe sometimes a little bit too tough where I'm half an hour late on something. I'm like, ah, I can't believe it. And it's like, does the rest of the world really know that it's not online right this very second? You know, it's not that big of a deal. It's okay. <laughs> but I really, I really enjoy it because it, it gives me the ability to, you know, not just be the boss, so to speak, but it still gives me the freedom to be creative. It's something that I found as much as I had creativity and a welcoming environment at the magazine, higher up from my boss, you know, on the executive level, they always had certain things in mind that were not going to happen no matter what for the magazine, because they were focused on the bottom line or they were focused on something else. They're not creative individuals. So unless it was going to make money right away, they weren't going to go for it. But being my own boss, I can see a way that that can be financially beneficial, may not be, you know, straight off the bat, but it will be financially beneficial to me because it's going to be more content. It's going to be more thought leadership, et cetera. Yeah, you can definitely um, see where you can take risks now and decide on your own if you take it or not. So in a very long and uh, successful career, um, can you pinpoint like a great day for you or like a huge accomplishment that you've had in the yachting industry? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, there's, you know, there's different things that, that come to mind for different reasons. Like there was a, uh, an, an, an incident several years ago, there was a, a well-known yacht named Yogi that sank. And I remember I was at the Miami, the Miami boat show. And that's when the word was, that's when the incident happened. Of course, the word spread all over the boat show. And everybody, of course, was talking about it. And there was a lot of conjecture, I found. As the day was going on, I found more and more people going, well, you know, and finding fault with this person or that person or this company or that company. And it, and it was all speculation. And you know, to be clear, we all speculate. I'm not faulting people for doing it, but there was so much of it going on that it really was starting to bother me because I kept thinking this just happened. Nobody has the facts. Nobody knows anything. And the more that people were very freely putting an opinion out there and they weren't, they weren't doing it necessarily in confidential conversations. They were doing it out in the open while people were walking by their, their boots. And I kept thinking, this is so detrimental. It's got to stop. The speculation has got to stop. So I ended up writing an editorial, a, a true editorial. Like if you look in a newspaper and there's the editorial page, I wrote a story very much in that vein. And it was called Stop the Speculation. And it was just out of my own sheer frustration and my desire to just tell people like, listen, take a step back, stop saying like, oh, it was the captain's fault, it was the builder's fault, it was the surveyor's fault, it, you know, fill in the blanks fault. You don't know anything yet. Wait for the accident report to come out and then say, okay, here's what happened. That article got so many hits and still to this day, I find every now and then it, it gets an uptick in in readership. And I didn't write it for that standpoint. I wrote it because, of, you know, like I said, I was just so frustrated. And I just thought, people have got to stop this. So in seeing that it caught on, I'm hoping that it resonated with people and that some people just said, yeah, I, 100%, I agree. And I'm going to forward this on. And that other people read it and went, yeah, you know what? 
I didn't think about it, but yeah, hmm, I should, you know, zip the lips kind of thing. So that, that I'm very proud of that it, I put myself out there in a sense and that other people agreed with it. If people didn't agree with it, it could have still circulated, but word probably would have gotten back to me where people would have said, you know, Diane, you shouldn't have said that because now everybody's talking about it and, and that looks bad. So that, that was definitely a very, very proud moment for me. Remember when we had, it wasn't Bill Gates bought a yacht. It went on Forbes on everywhere and it was like, well, this is sort of not true, but the, the builder wasn't coming up and saying, by the way, this is not true. They were letting the, the publicity ride and ride. Right. And it spread like wildfire. With that in mind, with everything you have published, you have been, I think, listening into the social listening and listening as well to our industry and technology. And you're at all the press knowing what's the latest products and stuff. I know we missed the, the shows this year, but uh, you're still in touch with all the fabricators and so on. So big question is how do you see, or where do you see the yachting industry moving towards? There's, there's a lot going on technology-wise that's starting to come into our industry. There are certain things that are, say, like in the commercial world or maybe the military world that end up trickling down eventually, and I find that fascinating. There's uh, artificial intelligence, for example. That's a big thing that's starting, I think, very, very slowly, but is starting to come into our industry. There's certain automation that can happen with systems and certain um, backups that can happen that are going to make operations smoother, that can make the cruise life easier. So I, I really look forward to seeing how that's going to keep developing. And then other things, I think, in terms of where the owners and the industry are kind of on the same page, I think it's sustainability. There's a lot of talk about being green, so to speak, these days. And it's far more than just reducing fossil fuel consumption. It's, it, it pertains to so many things that the more you start to read about it, the more you realize that it is a bigger issue than just fuel burn. It's a humanity issue. It's a, a community issue. You know, what is your relationship with your community? Are you supporting your community? What are you doing in terms of your own company? You know, are you a diverse company? Because all of those impact the world on an economic level, a social level. And it's really intriguing to see how businesses and owners are embracing it and, and trying to, to move forward. So that's something that's gonna, I think, continue for sure to grow and, and really kind of blossom in a way in our industry. I, I think it's time. Um, you've been now, I'm not gonna say how many years now in the industry. I only know the 15, the 16 years you were in the previous company, but it's been a while. Um, um, you've seen things and, and you, of course, have experienced as, as, like in an entrepreneur, you've had to make your own decisions. If you fall, you have to pick yourself up because it's only you. So what would you tell yourself? What, um, what advice would you tell yourself if you were starting your career right now, knowing everything you know now? If somebody had told me when I was 21 or 25 that this is what I would be doing, I would have said, are you kidding me? I, I, I can't run my own company. There's no way I could run my own company, you know, because it was so far into my way of thinking. But, you know, the, you, you keep your mind open and things kind of twist and turn. And when you see an opportunity, 
you know, you grab it and you go for it. And yes, you're going to make mistakes. That's the other part of it, right? Don't be afraid to make the mistakes. You're going to make mistakes throughout your life, no matter what. So you go for it, you try it, it doesn't work. Okay, well, what did you learn? All right, well, you just need to shift to the left a little bit or shift to the right and, and you keep going. Yeah. So that, that's definitely been it for me, I would say. That's great. Um, yeah. Now I want to ramble on with many stories, but I'm going to contain myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want to say thank you so much for joining us today and uh, sharing, us, sharing all this information. Before we leave, is there something, a project, or something we should be uh, you want to share with us and you want us to tune in for? Um, well, we do have a couple of things cooking that I, I can't exactly release right now. Um, so watch this space. No, <laughs> <laughs> no really. Um, I, I mean, we're, we're going to still be creative with what we're doing. Um, the podcasts, of course, you know, we're getting new and different guests on, which is awesome. And with the website, there there have been some pretty creative things we've done over the past year that we'll probably end up bringing back. Um, we had a story um, about in the early days of the pandemic, <clears throat> excuse me, um, where we had a number of illustrations, black and white, black and white illustrations of yachts to uh, for kids to color and enjoy. And I, I think we might do more of that. It was a lot of fun. So um, you know, keep watching. <laughs> well. Thank you again, and thank you so much for joining us at Yacht Fun. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Yacht Fun. If you like what you heard, please like, subscribe, and comment. Your comment will help us reach a broader audience. And don't miss the next episode. Bye.